Hello, corn growers. My name is Ryan Gentle, agronomy manager for Illinois, and today I am joined by Dr. Brett Tharp, and we're going to be bringing you another episode of Keeping It Independent, a podcast brought to you by Wiffles Hybrid. Today, we're going to discuss a little bit about why uh, yields were a little bit better than expected in most areas of the Midwest. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Dr. Tharp, and he will lead us off with uh, one of the first topics. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, again, uh, this is kind of why yields were better than expected. Uh, in some places, we had yields that were running uh, above last year, so guys were happy about that. And even where we were running behind last year, I think, uh, you know, there was a point in June where we were thinking we were looking at a potential crop disaster. We were thinking that, and uh, it ended up being even in those places where yields were maybe off of your you know, recent averages, uh, they're still better than expected. So uh, we're just going to run through some some points here, uh, weather-related points mainly. Uh, I would say the first point is uh, in most areas, we started with a pretty full water profile. And especially as we got into, you know, through April and May, uh, we were getting some rains pretty much throughout, throughout the area. And, you know, we started off with a decent water profile, and I feel like uh, that set us up for the remainder of the year where we where we did get dry in places. Yep, I would agree. I'm talking to some growers about that uh, topic here the last couple of weeks, and um, they reminded me, too, at least in most parts of Illinois last year, we did not have much of a frost uh, or any freezing in the ground. So what rain and snow we did get really soaked in. We had some nice slow rains that uh, really soaked in and helped fill that water profile. So yeah, the, the tiles run on definitely uh, helped us out going into the spring and had some pretty good April and May uh, planting conditions. Uh, got some decent stands established too. Then when you think on into June, obviously that's when we uh, started to have a drought in most of our growing areas. Uh, there's some pros that come with a dry June. You know, usually you get good root, root growth. Uh, we had almost no disease out there this year, uh, up until tassel even into brown silk in a lot of cases. And, uh, you know, it's, we didn't get any of those big monsoon rains in May that we usually get, those five, six inches that really hurt our, our nitrogen. Um, we lose nitrogen in those cases most of the time. We didn't have that this year. Maybe even most important is you take an 80 that's got three or four bowls in it, and all of a sudden you have Two, three, four acres that uh, you know were zeros. Um, when you divide your overall field yield, now those might have been your best spots in the field this year. Um, I always chuckle. Hopefully, Dad doesn't listen to this one. But you know, when he has those ground out areas, the one way to fix that is you, know, you got three acres of zero. You just divide by seventy-seven instead of eighty. That helps helps that helps get your yield back up. <laughs> That's true, and we did have a. Uh dry June pretty much across the, the corn belt and some of them were you know in the top 10 for sure driest Junes but hate to say it all the time but I mean if you're going to have a dry spell in a corn crop June's probably the best time to have it. We heard so many times it was a cool drought and that, that makes a huge difference um, instead of having 95 plus 100 degree temperatures you know we were we were below normal in a lot of cases uh, for, for a lot of June and even 
July and, and August and September for that matter. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about the Canadian wildfire smoke. Uh, did that hurt or help? I do think uh, there during this, the summer stretches when we did get some of those really hazy days, light quality wasn't the best. It's better than a cloudy day. So we still had, you know, okay, white light quality. But I think what those hazy days did was probably kept those temperatures down, which helped us. So, yep. So, you know, as we moved into July, August, and September, if we look at those months, uh, you know, depending on where you're at, you're going to get different rainfalls. But generally, again, uh, a lot of areas caught some rainfall, either going into pollination or that early grain fill period. And we just kind of kept catching enough rains in a lot of areas, you know, that really helped us out. I think we were kind of uh, riding along the edge. And sometimes if you miss some of those rains, you went off the edge and, and that's where you're probably not getting as uh, good of yields as expected. But in most areas, we, we kept getting just enough rains to supplement, you know, what our soils and what that soil profile was able to provide and, and kind of see that in, in some of the areas or even areas within the fields where maybe you have a little bit of shallower uh, soil types, you know, those shallower soils uh, just don't have as good water holding capacity. And, and that showed up in, in big yield swings throughout, you know, a field. So, so we caught enough rainfalls, uh, rainfall, I guess, and as, especially during that pollination and grain fill time frame, you know, we, we were getting enough, those corn plants were getting enough moisture. I, uh, been getting the question a lot at grower meetings, you know, what planting date was the best? Was it that early April? Was it the first part of May? Was it the end of May? And I think you could probably argue any of those three. Um, I think it probably comes down to more of what your soil type was, uh, what your overall yields were this year, maybe more than, than that, uh, that planting date. That seemed to be a big factor. And, you know, when we, we look at how much water it takes, not just rainfall, but subsoil moisture and rain, you know, there's only a two inch difference between 200 bushel and 250 bushel. So I think it's 20 inches for 200 bushel, uh, 22 inches for 250. Um, so you missed maybe three of those three tenths of an inch rains throughout the year and five miles down the road caught a couple of those, um, you know, 25 bushel yield swing and an inch pretty easy. Yeah, that makes a or big difference. If, or if you have a little better soil type, you know, and you, you got that extra two inches from the, the, the soil profile. Makes a big difference. The other thing that's important in corn plant development, and we've made these correlations before, is kind of our, is temperature, especially during the grain fill period. So if you think about July and August temperatures, uh, that's very important for a corn crop. And this year, you know, overall, we had moderate temperatures. If you look at July and August, uh, we're, we're kind of coming in there actually right around normal. Um, now, we did have some hot spells, don't get me wrong, and they were miserable, but uh, they didn't last very long. So I don't know if, do you have those statistics in front of you, Ryan? Uh, we made a comparison between 2012 and, uh, you know, the last big drought years, 2012, everybody talks about. Do we have those comparisons on temperature from 2012 versus what we had this year? Yes, we do. And you'll probably have to correct me because I'm not the statistics <laughs> guy. But 
I think when you went back and looked, it was like 45 days over, what was it, 90 or something like that uh, in 2012, which is un unbelievable. And when you compare it to this year, um, we probably only had, oh, I don't know, 10 days, I, that even. Um, there was that one stretch there at the end of August uh, where we had four or five days that were really miserable. And then, uh, you know, when you look at the chart, maybe even more important than July and August is we thought we were burning up at that point. And maybe some of the earlier planted, earlier maturities did give up there. But most of them, you know, after Labor Day, we cooled right off and we had a beautiful September. We caught some rain and we that plant kind of rejuvenated itself. It seems like we had a lot of slow dry down, which I love. Some farmers don't. But when you have slow dry down, you're usually adding to yield and adding to um, uh, grain matter. And I think that's what happened. And, and that helped uh, tip some of our, our yields over the top. Too, I think was that that real beautiful end of September this year. Yeah, that's true. And I'll circle back with, uh, yeah, there was that 44, 45 day stretch. It was 86 degrees, uh, that, okay. that we did not go below. So we were the high temperature in 2012 was a exceeded 86 degrees for, for, uh, yeah, that 40 day stretch, 45 day stretch. So uh, that's a long time. And, you know, anytime we get above 86 degrees and why that's important is in a corn plant's development and growth, you get above 86, you're starting to stress the plant. It does, you know, corn, you know, it can withstand it, but it, it stresses the plant above 86. So we had a long stretch there to where this year we did, didn't have that. And then the other thing is corn really doesn't like hot nights either. So uh, this year, there again, there may have been three or four nights throughout the summer to where it got above 70. But uh, in in 2012, uh, I believe it was of that 44-day stretch to where, you know, we had hot temperatures, uh, 25 of those nights didn't get below 70 degrees. So uh, it's quite a different temperature uh, regime that that 2012 corn crop was going through. So uh, this year... Yeah the hot spells, the hot days and the hot nights, we had them, but they didn't last too long. And, you know, it, it cooled back off. Looking at the weather chart here, it looks like this year was a couple days into July and that stretch there in August where we had the, the extreme heat. And that was about it, um, over 65 even. Um, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of between 55 and, and 65 for lows, and that, that definitely helped a lot especially in the areas we didn't have excess water. You know, and the final point, I guess, uh, why yields are better than expected is, you know, uh, corn breeding works, right? Our modern genetics are more stress tolerant than previous years. Uh, however, I want to temper that <laughs> in that I believe- You don't want to give the breeders. Yeah, I don't want to- We give don't want to give the breeders too big a pat. We got to keep, got to keep them working, right? So no, oh, we've done, a, oh. they've done a great job. And uh, corn genetics are definitely better than they were even in 2012. But if we would have had a 2012 stretch of weather and those temperatures, I think, you know, it would have put a pretty big dent in our yields, even with the modern genetics, because there, there's a point there um, that that the corn plant just, you know, can't push through as much. But um, corn breeding does work and hats off to the, the corn breeders and uh, what, they're, what they've been able to do uh, throughout the years, just giving us better, better corn hybrids.
Yep, I would agree. I I even had a uh, customer at the local cafe last week uh, say, Ryan, I hate to admit it, but uh, you know, you guys are doing something right to have the yields we had this year with the uh, with the weather and the, and the stress we had, especially in in June. So um, farmers are noticing it too. Well, I don't know. Did you have any other topics or uh, points we need to make? We can let everybody worry about Turkey Day coming up and uh, getting ready for the Black Friday shopping. I know Whiffles E-Store is stocked up and ready to go. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> well, I think with that, that wraps up another uh, episode of Keeping It Independent. Uh, as you, always, you can submit your uh, questions if you have any or topics maybe you'd like to hear us. Uh, talk about at agronomy at wiffles.com. I think that's a wrap for today. We'll see you next time.